0999F23228ECB7FDBAD0A39AA1. What is it, everybody? Welcome to episode 68 of the NTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah. And joining me as always, he is my friend. He's also yours. He's also free. He is Costa. How are you? Unleash hell. Is that what they say in 300? Something like that. I'm doing good. Yes, I am free. We will fight in the shade. I don't know. I as I will fight in the shade. Magneto in there. Uh, he's not in 300. Oh, well, unless you're talking about the spoof one. Is he no, he the what's his? He's literally the guy who says we will fight in the shade. Um, that's not Magneto. The, the, young, the young Magneto from the the most recent X Men movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He's what's his name? Uh, it's, bo- it's bothering me now. Uh, wait, in the movie, I don't know. All right, I'm looking it up. Magneto actor. That's right. Michael Fassbender. That's right. He's the one. That's right. Because when they cut up all the dudes, they're like, you've tarnished the name of the Persians or whatever. He's like, we'll cast a bunch of arrows at you. He's like, then we'll fight in the shade. Yeah. Our right. arrows will blot out the sun. Ah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> oh, you remember that movie better than me. Anyways. Well, I didn't remember that one line you said, so. Fair enough. Well, all right. Uh, let's get the show on the road phase in, talk about something nerdy, but it's not magic. Um, have you watched anything yet? No, because I was, I oh. just turned in my final report yesterday and today's basketball. So that plan of two, 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 uh, won't start until tomorrow. Unfortunately, I will well, have them all available for to you whenever you start then. Yeah. And you're um, not going to go see, uh, Dr. Strange until, I guess we go on Sunday if, if you hold out that long. Yeah, uh, dude, some of the reviews, uh, obviously, uh, no spoilers for a movie we haven't seen yet, but they were like, I was texting my brother because that was another option because I saw, don't know when I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you're going Sunday, then you have availability. I'll go with you. But uh, I had seen the past couple with my brother and his family. And uh, apparently the family friendliness of this movie is um, very uh, low, a topic of controversy because <laughs> you're like people who like taking their kids to see MCU movies might regret it with this one. Cause apparently it's very much a Sam Raimi, dark horror, violent movie. <laughs> Ooh, I'm kind of interested. I mean, I don't, I'm not really big into like, it's funny cause I'm a walking dead fan, but I'm into the walking dead because of the survivor aspect. Not so much like the blood and gore, but every once in a while, I like a dark movie just to, you know, kind of keep it, kind of keep the real, like realisticness, I guess, or, or perspective, I guess maybe, but anyways, yeah, cool. The, the words I heard the most on, or saw the most on Twitter after the premiere last night was vicious and violent, vicious and violent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm super jazzed for Dr. Strange. I feel like it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm even more hyped for Thor, but anything MCU gets me going, especially like, and even like coming off cause the moon Knight. All right, so we're recording this on Tuesday because of uh, reasons. And so the Moon Knight finale hasn't happened yet, but I'm also super excited for that. I can't wait to see. 
I can't wait to just record next week and get your like the freaking phase is going to be like 30 minutes long where you just talk about Moon Knight and Doctor Strange for forever. It'd be probably more uh, so of Doctor Strange. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, everyone says Moon Knight's pretty good. I just, I don't know. I just, I haven't been as hyped to see it. It's interesting. So, I feel like once you once you see it, it's like it's like it's got some of the most interesting characters of um, a Marvel property. I think. Yep. But um, but also on another note, uh, Halo got boring again this past week. So you know, we'll see. I don't know how much, how much how many more episodes. I think it has ten. I need to. I need to just jump on. I'll probably just watch that one on my own because I don't know how interested Joanna's going to be. Like, uh, to watch she's it. a fan of premium content. She might not be. Do I? <laughs> she, if she's a fan of like really top tier content, then actually she she's not. Be. But also, that's me picking on her because she likes, like, her and her family like to sit down and watch like a, a Dick Van Dyke to end of the night. Mm-hmm. And that's very boring to me. So she might like it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Halo sucks. I just feel like. Whenever people look back on it, it's like it just wasn't as good as a lot of the stuff that came out around the same time. Right. Um, I feel like that's going to be the, well. Then all right, uh, we'll bag the extra time from the phase in so we can cash it in next week and maybe have some, a little bit extra discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go into the untap step where we talk about magic that we played over the past week. Um, not to eat into today's main topic, but I've just been doing a lot of drafting. Capenna came out and. Uh, I'm about eight drafts in. I'll go more into like the details of that, but yeah, doing some Capenna drafts. Uh, but for my untap, uh, I've also been exploring Explorer. I uh, didn't mean to do that, but uh, so I've been jamming some of the new Explorer format pre pre pioneer as it were. We talked about it last week and the format's fun. It's like what I wanted historic to be and historic was at one point and then it wasn't. Um, yeah. Uh, I discovered the magic that was Grease Fang and Parhelion 2. Um, jamming various versions of that. So the internet was telling me that like the Mardu list that uses like Vildaren Epicure and Blood Tithe Harvester and like Blood Tokens and also like Fable of the Mirror Breaker to get it into your graveyard is a better version. But I, I maybe in best of three, but I just jam best of one. That could be the case. But I found the Esper version that just uses like Faithful Mending and a uh, new Capenna card, Tainted Indulgence, to um, draw and discard your Parhelions. But I actually just went all in and took a lot, because I'm not a fan of counter magic, so I took out the counter spells and put in chart the courses for even more draw and discards, and also cut some other stuff. Like the go-to like tournament list was running a Shatter the Sky. In the main, I like cut that, cut some other stuff, put in some Considers, it's like another way of possibly getting Parhelion into the graveyard. Also, just early, just churn through the deck and get to the combo as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I I need to be more, a bit more diverse in the style of decks I play. Actually, to be honest, the first deck I tried to make was Mill, and that didn't go very well because I ran into uh, Grease Fang decks and I just mill their Parhelion for them, and then they'd kill me. Uh, but. Um, yeah, so I need to try more uh, diverse decks, but I've been seeing a lot on the, Obviously, I'm seeing a lot of Win- Winota, but I'm also seeing a lot of people really experimenting and seeing what they can get away with. I mean, I just lost a straight-up Dinosaur Tribal, so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that was my untapped magic for the week. What about you? Yeah, so Friday night, um, I you know did an in-person draft at Juniors, and um, I think, kind of spoiler, but uh, I think... So definitely green white is my colors again of choice. I think they are the strongest colors. 
Um, and I thought it was going to be the Cabaretti, but uh, I've, I've fallen into Bant now a couple of times or the Brokers. And uh, but yeah, my deck was a, was a Brokers deck. Um, I did go 2-1, uh, but I lost to a very, very aggressive and strong and good magic player and front of the podcast chris um he had a very very strong uh which uh gruel deck which he was experimenting with but basically he had a bunch of trample and menacers and then uh he would equip them with the brass knuckles and also give them double strike so basically everything was a number cleave essentially and uh yeah so it was really hard to beat especially when it was like basically he was hitting me for you know like 15 damage on turn five <laughs> so it was, it was pretty tough but uh we had good games nonetheless um end up with like three celestial regulators uh lagrella a couple silver servants which uh have a really high on my list they're really strong i got fortunate enough that uh, i was past two wing shield agents um and those are really good i hadn't got to play with those yet um oddly enough in the draft uh someone had uh first picked meeting of the five or whatever it is the five mana enchantment that like you get to get like i don't even know what it does but i know it's crap <laughs> and so the person like took it pack one pick one and scooped up all the land enchanters but i got very fortunate that when it came to pack three and passing my way uh spara adjudicators two of them he wasn't able to see because they were like he was like six seats down and it was like the fifth seat starting where i got to see them and so i picked those up made sure i picked those up um and yeah so the deck was really strong um yeah uh, I, I love i love the format so far i still think it's gonna get pretty old pretty quick um but we'll see i mean uh we've noticed some things in draft that uh we'll talk about obviously when we get into our overview um that may change the format a little bit but uh and then for I actually tried to dabble in system standard again. I hadn't had m much of any time. Um, I did do a few drafts um, and I did play some standard, but it was like in between me writing a paper basically. So uh, I uh, made a Grixis deck that's obviously running on Nixilis. Um, so far, it's doing pretty well. Um, I haven't like I said, I've only played like maybe like seven or eight games with it or something like that. Um, and it's got a winning record. I think I've only lost like once. Um, but I'm also like in silver rank right now because I just don't do constructed much. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. And uh, I really love Obnixilis. I wish uh, I wish they weren't so expensive in real life because I would like to run that in Pioneer as well. But um, yeah, that's basically been my week. So for Magic anyway. Well, alrighty then. Let's move on to the next segment, the newest segment on this podcast, and that is underplayed EDH cards. And next up is me. And for my weekly underplayed EDH card, I'm going to go with Burning Rune Demon, uh, which is the Force uh, Black Black Demon Berserker 6-6 Mythic from Kaldheim. has flying, and whenever it ETBs, you may search your library for exactly two cards not named Burning Rune Demon and have different names. And if you do reveal those cards, an opponent chooses one of them, the chosen card into your hand and the other into your graveyard, then shuffle. Uh, it is only played in 2% of EDH decks. I remember when this was previewed, there was a lot of hype about it. It's like, it's like rune scar demon, but cheaper. And uh, because a lot of the, a lot of times if you're tutoring for like two things, one of them goes to your graveyard, the other one goes to your hand, then it's essentially, um, it doesn't really matter which one your opponents pick, but it's also like 
the pl- whole like political thing. It's like we need this card in the situation to deal with this arch enemy guy. It's like here I have a burning room demon. Give me the card we need or whatever. I think a little extra value in there. Um, it's just like a strong mid range card that I think can basically go into like any um, commander deck. Uh, obviously, if you're playing like a, like higher power CDHE stuff, you typically want more efficient tutors. But I think if you're further down the power scale, this is the kind of cards like, all right, I have a 6-6 six, six, and then I'm also uh, developing my game plan through tutoring. And so I think it's very underplayed at those uh, mid to lower tier powered uh, decks. And it's just a very strong mid-range card that you could slot into your decks and I think could make them a fair bit stronger. What do you think, Kosa? Yeah, I mean, the fact that, I mean, it does a little bit more than Ruskard Demon. Like, you are you don't get the choice per se, but you do get um, two cards. Well, you, sorry, you do get the choice or you don't get the choice? Yeah. You get to pick two cards and, they, and, opponent and your opponent is one of them. That one goes to your hand, the other one goes to your graveyard. Yeah, so you have like a pseudo choice here and like, you know, graveyard is still very much usable in Commander. There are some people that don't think that like reanimator decks can survive in commander, but the truth of it is people don't always main deck that kind of stuff. And so it essentially is like going to your hand in the, in the right decks, right. And the, the way you curate it. So yeah, I think it's a great card. I think it's, um, you know, it'll probably end up being something that should be played. I mean, obviously we're suggesting it, so it should be played more often, but I think it's only a matter of time before it becomes something that maybe it becomes a mainstay at some point. Cause rune scar is like played all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. All right. Burning Rune Demon, your underplayed EDH card of the week. You can close this tab now. All right. Next up, we have our main topic, and that is our first impressions of Streets of New Capenna. Assuming we're going to start off with Limited, because that's basically all most of the knowledge that we have to draw from. Yeah. Uh, so, I like I said, I've done eight drafts. And if you didn't... Under, uh, if you weren't able to tell by my rhetoric during the primer, and I think during last week I was talking about it, or like it's just about getting as many colors as you can in limited or whatever. So I'm just going to do a brief rundown of uh, my uh, how many colors I played in my record, real fast. So my first deck was full on Wooberg. It wasn't like I was had like the three main and like splashing a card here and there. I was like full on multiple cards of each color. I went three and three. Uh, the next, I was just uh, the white, uh, red, green cabaretti. I went one and three. Next, I was no blue um, and went six and three. I actually had an Obnixilus in that deck, and that was really cool. Uh, next up, I was another full on Wooberg deck, and I went four and three. Another no blue deck, I went 0 oh and three. Then I was. Um, White, blue, black. So that's Obscura. And I went one and three. And then here's where it gets juicy. I had uh, another white, blue, black. Splashing red for a single Corpse Appraiser. Went seven and two. And then I had a white, red, green deck. My most recent one. And that went seven and one. So through eight drafts, I am 29 and 21 for a 58% win percentage. But I feel like I'm uh, finding my groove, and I'm also finding cards that are like, all right, I was wrong. These are kind of the cards I should be skewing towards, I think. And uh, I feel like if I made my list today, it would already be vastly different if I had to remake my list. 
do you want to give a brief rundown of how you've done? Yes. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty of our changed opinions. So, yeah. So starting with my first event, which was a sealed event, uh, it was basically five colors, but I was essentially splashing blue. Um, then I went my first draft six and three at Bant. Then I went seven and one with Bant with uh, one splash of black for, um, Ooh, the big six, four names escaping me. Uh, uh the, Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, the rare. Yeah. It's the rare. Uh, you'll find, I got you. I got you straight down heavy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Straight down heavy. And then I went, Oh, and three with a red, green splashing white. Uh, and then I went two, three with a white, red splashing green. And then today I finished a five and three Grixis uh, deck. And so, yeah, um, as far as how they played out, of course, I can't remember all of them, but the seven win I definitely remember very well. Uh, Shakedown Heavy, if you get to play on turn three, it's it's pretty, pretty strong. Uh, the opponents just really have a hard time dealing with it. Um, I know in the 03 and the 23, I was trying to go very aggressive. Um, I was trying to stick mainly to two colors and um, kind of low to the ground. And that didn't work out too well, obviously. Um, I think, I don't know necessarily uh, if it was gameplay or if uh, the format really can't handle those kind of decks. But I did notice that, like, my opponents, if they made it to turn five um, and were hitting their land drops, they basically. Uh, just outvalued me with the great power of cards that they had versus whereas I'm just like playing like these little dinky, you know, uh, twos and threes, which you pointed out earlier when we were talking that there's not a lot of two drops and that might also be the issue. Um, am I, uh, Oh, well, sorry. Um, I guess you, now would you want to talk about, sorry. (laughs) Uh, I was like, get a brief overview of like, the kind of decks you drafted and how, how they performed. And then we can get to the nitty gritty of like specific cards that have impressed us. Things that have like let us down so far. Gotcha, gotcha. And like mechanically. Um, so I was, I was, while you were talking, as I was actually looking at my list, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, now how would I change? Obviously the first thing is I'm a, have to take a big old L on the security bypass, which I made the claim as my early favorite. Granted, I was I was already on the fence by the time we did the limited primer episode, mm-hmm. but I I I start I quote unquote stuck to my guns, uh, in quotes because I didn't really. Uh, but for security bypass for these tools, it's not. Also, whenever I said that, I didn't realize that gilded pinions was, was a card in the set, which is basically just thieves tools. Right. And um, this is just a better. I'll take a gilded pinions over security bypass every time. Um, so uh, that's kind of. The whole connive stuff is it feels kind of weird to me because it's like the trade off for like another piece of gas for a count. Like when, when it depends, also, it kind of depends on the card. Like for an echo inspector, it um, I feel like you just like, okay, I want a three four flyer, and that you're, you're willing to trade gas for that. Well, that's However, kind of oh, sorry, go ahead. Now you can go ahead. I was gonna say that's kind of the that's kind of the difference in this format, like. Um, and that usually ends up happening where our, we have these tendencies to know what, what cards are powerful and what abilities are powerful. But of course, they've done a really good job in uh, like curating these sets to where just those mechanics are going to run away. And I feel like the reason why Connive isn't just running away unless you have Savine or Rafine 
is because um, you're like you just said, the power level is so high that you know the cost of getting a plus one plus one counter is is to uh, pitch a non land card. Well, most of the non land cards in here have really great abilities, right? Unless they're you know dinky cards, right? That I'm trying to run aggressively, but a lot of these cards are just very powerful. So it's like, mm, okay, do I sacrifice the good card here and power up one of my creatures one time? That kind of thing. Let's just make this about like go through the mechanics and how they perform. So I think like a card like Rafine's Informant, which is the two mana two one that connives when ETBs, is kind of because uh, sometimes it's like, or I have two lands, mm -hmm. but I have lots of ways of sort of cycling and then also like eventually making treasures. That I feel like Rafine's Informant is a, kind of the card that's most worth it almost. Right. Like I feel like in Echo Inspector is just a strong mid range card, but. Rafine's Informant basically allows you to, all right, I have two lands and Rafine's Informant. That allows you to basically get that extra draw cycle. And then you also get the bonus of it becoming a 3 2. Right. Which um, I feel like, I think like the lower on the curve connive cards, like uh, Rafine's Informant, have a bit more value. Because like when we were talking off camera, you're like, this is a set where you really want to be hitting your land drops. Because for the first five drops. Yeah. yeah, both for the getting to your more powerful cards, and then but also because if you're not hitting your land drops, you might be at risk of not having your colors of mana. Right. And so, like, I feel like the lower curve connive cards are a bit better in my mind than the upper ones. Although there's a, the 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 single blue thing that just pays their mana to connive. So I was like, so I I've seen it once and it was played against me, and I was like, this is entirely. Uh, unimpressive because I just bounced it and they discarded. There was a by the time it was a four or five, what is it natively like a one, two? It's like a zero, oh. zero, three, I think. It's, oh, yeah, it's, a, no, it's one mana, one, two. It's all not a grifter. You can oh, pay yeah. three mana to have a connive. They turned it into a four, three, and eventually I just bounced it. And it was like, all right, they returned it, but they had to discard three pieces of gas in order to do that. I think and that also like, might be like unexperienced drafters because I, I like my goal with that card would never be to um <laughs> grow it grow it it's i mean i would grow it don't get me wrong but if the opportunity like but the, the end goal of it is like okay do i have synergies with like fairy vandal or do i have like exotic pets or do i have things like that like my goal is never to like all right let's see how far we can go with this or if i need to cycle through because i need to get like a land drop or piece of gas because i have too much land or whatever but yeah that would never be my goal so that sounds pretty bad but no i i get what you're saying like the the lower drops and, and that makes sense too right because lower on the curve usually you're trying to set up along the way whereas when you're higher on the curve now you're making the choice between powerful creature which the two three makes sense because a three four fly when it turns into a three four flyer that's pressure right but the there's the other one the, i think there is a zero three that has like flash i don't care for that one as much like mm -hmm. it connives once sure it's a blocker but most of the time my opponents are just finding different ways to get through it so yeah that makes sense well all right let's move on to another mechanic uh i haven't really done a whole lot with blitz mm -hmm. uh i have had a little bit where i was running uh, like red x and i'd blitz the uh the uncommon pugil the pugnacious pugilist uh, which is the five mana four four that makes devils whenever it attacks, and that felt strong as like a finisher, but like all like the lower, 
like the requisitioner at uncommon and red, like the three when it dies into a treasure. Uh, there's the uh, plasma jockey that makes the thing unable to block. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been either blitzing them myself. Like I've liked the pugilist, but the most common one for me to see blitzed is the Caldea strong arm. Mm-hmm. Cause usually it's like, it pumps up another creature and then that cycles his way this two, three, which is usually pretty strong. Right. Cause oftentimes the two, three can also kind of get in. And then there's also the conundrum of, do you give them that draw while they still have a main phase as opposed to like letting it be sacrificed at the end of the turn, which case it gotten in that extra little bit of damage. Um, the blitz is probably gone down a bit in my mind. Like it's a strong option, but just most of the cards that have it, I just don't care for. I think blitz is the most um, universal mechanic or it, it's like, it's like pepper to all the dishes of the color pie. And what I mean by that is like blitz gives like green haste, which you know, a lot of times, like if you're in green, you know, you're just pounding away at your opponent. And so you get them at a low life total. And so they have access to green or to white, right? Where obviously there's no cards that blitz that are white, but when you pair it with another color, again, if you're giving them damage, if you're putting in a bunch of damage and pressure, um, then you like strong arm your, your overseer, right? Becomes a four or three, the two, three gets in, you draw a card. Like it's a very nice addition to a lot of, the um, strategies are going on but red black blitz itself is actually pretty strong because those the the red and the black tutu um when you sacrifice a creature put a plus one plus one counter on it body dropper body dropper i mean that that is a very nice little combo um that uh i've seen being used and so uh, i think blitz is not I don't think it was ever intended to be the main dish. I think it, like I said, it was supposed to be a nice little addition, not enhanced, not like a mega enhancer, like salt, but definitely where this is a very nice add on. And there are some things you can do with it. So where, and see for me, I was on the other side where I didn't think blitz is going to do anything. And then turns out that actually it's done a lot more than I thought it would be. So, so it turns out like I had this really high opinion of blitz Mm -hmm. And then you had a relatively low opinion of it. Just really neutral. Eating in the middle. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. That's, that seems very fair. Uh, next up, shield counters. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate them. And I hate them because I feel like I get hosed by them so often. Uh, there's probably like the card I'm most nervous to see be played against me. And I granted, I know it because we'll have a card we'll talk about later. But the freaking discipline duelist. The green, white, blue for a 2-1 double strike with a shield oh, yeah. counter. I feel like I just... Someone cast it against me, I feel like I lose. I'm like... Especially if they start put, pumping up its power or giving it extra counters. I'm just like, I want to cry. Hmm. Uh, I've, during the limited primer, I said if the shield counter is ready to me, just like basically this card will two for one. And I feel like it's pretty much exactly played out like that. Like a card you mentioned earlier, the windshield agent. No, I, did I just say windshield? That's what, what is it called? Wing shield. Wing shield. The, the, I'm gonna call it windshield from now on. The windshield agent. Like when I first saw that card, I'm like, that's just meh. But the fact that it has a shield counter means it can likely trade with a lot of the stuff early on because there's a lot of like three one, four two that kind of thing going on right. in the set. So it, like it has a shield counter, so it's gonna be able to trade. And if it kills one creature with a shield counter, then it's just gravy because it's also allowing you to get in damage over the top. 
Right. And I feel like the shield counter, like I'm not talking about like the like instance of like shield counters on things. Those are like 24th, 25th cards, maybe. Unless you have like some like huge thing you just want to protect for whatever reason. But even like Broker's Veteran, the two mana uh, Piker that dies and puts a shield counter on something can be, it's like, oh, I don't want to kill it because then this uh, other thing that I'm having to deal with is going to be even harder to deal with. And then in that case, I'm just letting this 2-1 hit me. And that's kind of annoying. Or I'm not attacking because I don't want them to get this trade off this 2-1 and have a shield counter on this other thing. And I feel like just through the first eight drafts, the shield counter mechanic has proven to be probably the strongest of the main mechanics associated with the families. Yeah, I, I again, I was medium on the, the shield counters. I'm just a little bit above it. I haven't been... It hasn't stonewalled me, but again, I've also played them, um, and so and how they've worked for me, um, they've done well, obviously, because my records with ban is really high. But um, there are enough cards that deal with them. I think the like the few instances where they're not dealt with is like if your creature is a. a four X and above because then you can't deal gone bad with it or you can't call in a professional and that kind of thing. Right. Where um, it deals with the shield counter essentially. Um, plus my creatures have been big enough that again, being mostly green, white decks where in the green that, you know, they might have a shield counter, but it doesn't really allow them to push any damage through or anything because my creature's big and, and they're just going to lose their shield counter. Right. So, um, it, it is a really good uh, mechanic. It's it's like fixed um, umbras. Uh, what were we trying to say? Totem armors, which is kind of nice. But um, I, yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out how highly to value it. Um, again, it'll probably just end up being that it is like the real nice glue for my green and white decks and white and mostly in blue. But uh, yeah, regardless, it is a good mechanic. I do like that it how they set up the the brokers in this set was they just care about counters which there are more shield counters and plus one plus one counters but like having like my fish enter which by the way i didn't even talk about exotic pets when we were talking about our uh, in the untap but um i know that was like number one or number two for my uncommons and it's definitely up there like when i saw unblockable one ones i was all in and uh, that card has performed very well so then I get to put like a, a counter on it. It's just awesome. So I've had to be able, I've had to see one come across me in the draft. I'm kind of upset about it. Um, all right. Uh, moving on, uh, casualty, which is the sack of creature to double up your spells mechanic. Um, uh, the one I've seen the most, and it's probably, it's probably one of my favorite blue commons. And that is rooftop nuisance. Because man, it's annoying. Because like, the play with it is what's the four mana threaten that makes a treasure? Oh, uh, involuntary employment. Yes, it's like someone steals one of your creatures, sacks it to their rooftop nuisance, taps your other two blockers, draws two cards, and it's like, oh, well, I lose then. Um, but yeah, uh, the ones that have like casualty one are so i think the difference between like casualty one and casualty two is actually quite big because like yeah. sacking like 
these like the like the citizen tokens or the that one the two mana one one that makes you not virus beetles but the the uh corrupted court official yes that guy is quite significant usually when i have like a two power creature it's like not something i'm actually wanting to part with but then i'm also not playing i don't need uh like exhibition magician like you'd be fine parting with that two one but i just found like the difference between casualty one and casualty two to be a lot bigger than i thought it would be yeah it is a lot bigger um though you said the one mana ones are good which the only one that i keep thinking of is grizzly sigil which i know the, the, the ones with casualty one is what i'm yeah. saying no no i know what you're saying i'm saying i'm saying oh, okay. that the the one that keeps coming to mind with casualty one is grizzly oh, okay. sigil, and i don't care for that card it was in my grixis deck but i just i'm not a fan of like sacrificing a card to d- essentially deal four damage or something now uh, you gain for life which is big but i don't know it looks like it's sorcery speed i've just uh, like it did what it needed to do i've killed fish with it and i've i've never actually used it though to to deal for damage or something i was just kind of i was just thinking about that but um people really like this card and maybe i'll come to it maybe i'll realize it's a good card um, i'm not high on it but uh no yeah the, the difference between like yeah because like i play cards like join the maestros right where oh man like that two power is kind of relevant but i do get two four threes so there are decisions to make casualties played out pretty pretty well though again another another pepper mechanic in my opinion um where um it's nice when they like ransom one of your cards or uh sleep with the fishes that kind of stuff. Um, or like you said, using the involuntary involuntary employment employment combo with it. Right. Uh, those are very nice pepper additions. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's another, another mechanic that uh, it's not like I'm thinking highly, like I need to have a casualty deck. It's just kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. This has casualty on it. I may be able to do something in my like red, like my Rakdos deck splashing, whatever. So all right, the last mechanic is alliance, and this you might be able to speak more because I well I played a lot of the colors and my most recent was a seven one um, Cabaretti deck, but I didn't really do alliance. It was mainly just go wide and win somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually had a jet mirror in that deck, and that was pretty that was pretty cool. I've actually drafted three of them over those eight drafts, which I found pretty interesting but like stuff like i had like the top red common as the witty roast master that hasn't really played out like i thought it would social climber hasn't really been a card i really want to play in decks but they're both three mana three two so you know like they're fine um celebrity fencer hasn't really played out as well as i thought it would just because um anytime it gets big that i've seen it either for me or against me it's either it's always the situation where the opposite side has blue and it just bounces it. And it's like, Oh, it makes me sad. Um, what other Alliance cards are there? Well, there's the white uncommon. Um, it is rumor gatherer, which mm-hmm. is very, very strong. Um, yes, it is. There is, of course, I don't have any other Alliance cards on me, but I guess what I'll speak to is that this is the salt. <laughs> this is where, I feel like Alliance it just naturally goes with the Naya plan and really just limited plan altogether. So it's very natural to add this salt right to your dish um, and just have it in there and, and kind of enhance what's going on. Um, 
I've had pretty good success with Rudy, Rudy Roastmaster, despite, uh, you know, my uh, other decks where they went zero win and, and two win or whatever. Um, but it was always like, oh, I'm looking for Woody Roastmaster because they're like little damage here, a little damage there, getting through that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that it's the best mechanic. It's just the one that naturally goes with what you do in limited. And so uh, mm-hmm. I've found it to be great. Um the car they they definitely tamed it right though because like you said the celebrity fencer or stuff like that where um you know if that was like a two mana alliance card would be insane right but they went ahead and made it a four mana card where um you can't just get under your opponent uh like you said in blue or whatever and erase all the work that you've done um so uh the gatherer uh is another one where um same thing it's a three mana spell so it's not just like you get all this you know if they made like a a one mana or two mana um you get all this value beforehand so i just think they did the right thing with alliance because it could have easily have been the strongest mechanic but the cards that they made just didn't uh allow it to break i mean once it starts going it's it's pretty hard to stop i mean you're triggering a bunch of things you know if you have like um the stimulus package and you know start turning your treasures into tokens and then trigger a bunch of stuff yada yada yeah um yeah it gets out of hand but you know they did they, they did the, they made the right move here i feel like so I, i've liked it yeah venom connoisseur is also very good yeah Give your entire board death touch that's just yeah. pretty nasty yeah. all right we've touched on all the mechanics uh do you just want to touch on a few cards that have impressed us and cards that disappointed us early sure. on yeah. Um, you want to just trade, go back and forth trading cards? You can pick, you can go first if you want. Sure. Uh, well, I, I already alluded to the the first one, which was the civil servant. Uh, a two, three for two is awesome. And a lot of times it's a three, three with lifelink. Um, you do tap a creature or citizen, excuse me, to uh, activate that, but that's a very low cost, uh, especially in this format because. Um, you know, you're gaining life and making that six point swing while your opponent's right is kind of on the back foot, especially early on. So, uh, been fairly impressed with civil servant. Yeah, I agree. And it's just like, uh, we mentioned earlier is like, there aren't a whole lot of strong two drops and like civil servant is just like, it's up there with like uncommons. It's like not, not only just because the card in and of itself is very good, but also because it's a slot on your curve that. There just aren't a whole lot of options, so that bumps it up even more mm-hmm. whenever you see one. Right. Um, I'm going to go with freaking uh, Goldhound. Yeah, the go. one mana, one, one first strike menace that sacks to make a mana. Uh, first off, I've sacked this uh, uh, in the my most recent deck. I like play this on turn one, sack it on turn t- two to uh, cast my Cabaretti Ascendancy. On turn two, that's pretty cool. But it's just like, first strike menace, it holds, if you can increase its power at all, it gets pretty uh, fun. But it's also ramp and fixing in the set that really wants you to get going there later in the game. And also fixing just like super important. And so I'm not saying it's the best red common, but I'd probably put it at number two. Just because strangles pretty bananas. Yeah. Freaking lightning molting things is fun. Um, for a card that's disappointing me, Sticky Fingers, unfortunately, the card itself is not bad, but the format just hasn't allowed that card. I mean, there are the board is cluttered enough, and your creatures are usually small enough that um, you're not going to really connect to get the treasure token. 
Um, giving something menace is pretty nice. Actually, that's the really big part because a lot of times you'll put it on a creature that's big to force your opponent to have to block um, and then use combat tricks. But it's definitely not the number one red common. I think I had that at the number one red common slot. I could be wrong, but yeah, it won't be there for sure on our on our run it back. I hope uh, Samson and you are still friends after your statement just now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I also agree. It's like a it's like a good card when it happens, but it just it doesn't have the impact that you want it to. Hmm. And I guess uh, since we'll, we'll stay on theme, and I'll say security bypass one that's disappointed me. It's like because I played it in a deck. I can't remember. It might have been. It's, it was one of the one threes, I think. Uh, but I'm not. I don't see any use on there. I don't. Whatever. Um, and I would play it early on and start getting in. And whenever time I'd connive, it's like, I don't want to discard this gas, but that's how I'm like up the clock. But then it's like, I end up like lands in hand and then it just, and then it, they would just deal with it. And it was like, okay, uh, I lost a piece, a couple pieces of gas for an extra, a couple extra points of damage. That just didn't prove to be worth it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just the disadvantage of it being an aura versus the equipment is just too huge. And I feel like the cards is very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, for a card that I feel that I was pretty right about, uh, Inspiring Overseer, um, I think it's still the best, probably the best common, probably the best white common, whatever. Like, it's 2 1, draws a card, flying, gains life. It just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up, like, I have respect this over some rares, um, just because the card's really, really good. So, yeah, I love this card. Well, if we're going to pick the best commons, I like uh, Jewel Thief. Uh, that card has been pretty absurd, but, uh, one, uh, that I called that wasn't like on your, uh, deal gone bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the best removal whenever you're going up against a shield counter dudes. Cause pretty much all of them have like low toughness because that's the way they balance it with the shield counters. Like, even the big old green guy, the rocks pummeler, like he, he dies to deal gone bad. Yeah. And, uh, actually at the pre-release, uh, uh, playing against Rosie after he did his whole, uh, the mill rare spell he just like all right now deal gone bad you mill the rest of your library too and i was like oh cool but yeah deal gone bad's been because it's also instant speed removal which is very good yeah and that card's played out very nicely in this format going back to cards that have really overperformed uh freelance muscle i didn't realize like on attack and blocks uh, it gets xx and there's so many like one fours or four threes or whatever right and so it's always like it always seems to be getting like plus four plus four at minimum every once in a while it'd be plus three plus three and even then at a four four it's a seven seven it's just the biggest thing in the room um i've gotten pretty late too um which was really nice because i was able to then play with them uh so yeah that card's really overperformed okay so a little side story uh I had an opponent play like a turn five or six brokers ascendancy mm-hmm. and I ended up winning that game. Like they, it went on for several turns. They got value out of it, but I had a freelance muscle that, cause I also had the, uh, what's the, the band legend that, uh, Legrilla. yeah, the fiend hunters, I think like they had that and they ended up getting a five, six and I attacked with like my, I would attack my freelance muscle. It'd be a seven, seven. Cause I also had a civil servant in play. Mm. The fact that it also checks toughness is also a pretty big deal. Yeah. And just like eventually it would trade. And I have the, what's the name of the cabaret board wipe that doesn't hit tokens. Oh, that one I forgot, but I don't talking about. All right, here I got you. I have my goldfish thing up. If I just, 
incandescent aria yeah and eventually like cast that wipe their board they started replaying it and they just couldn't keep up with the freelance muscle um so that card that card i feel like i should apologize that card is better than freaking what did i pick cleanup crew cleanup crew is fine but it's just it's no freelance muscle yeah. uh Touching on like some of the multicolored legends because they all seem pretty absurd to me. Hmm. Uh, originally, I had Quaza, Augur of Agonies, as the best one, but now I think it's Mr. Orfeo, the Boulder. Hmm. Just because every time, like, I still think they're all great and I want to run them in like every deck. But uh, Quaza, it's like, oh, it's just oh, gain you life, it'll ping them down. It's just a thing that happens. You don't have to do anything else. You mean draw a card? You mean draw a card? Yeah, all I have to do is draw. Um, but. Uh, you had to put in more effort to do that to really get to go like playing. All right. And I'm big score and then uh, connive here to whatever to really build up the damage. Mr. For it, uh, Orfeo is just attack and you just have like an absurdly huge thing. And then just the clock, like him with like any sort of flyers. It's just, Oh, it's ridiculous. I think it I think for me it's Lagrella because of the amount yeah. of shenanigans that you can enable with Lagrella. Like there there are so many lines with her. Uh, I do agree that it has more setup um than Mr. Orfeo because it's on by itself it essentially is a four four at a base and then every creature gets bigger, you know, doubles or attack whatever. But I think Lagrella is the best and then followed by um uh, I'm forgetting his name now, but the Nile one, the one that tutors Rocco Cabaretti Caterer. Yeah, that one's also very strong. Uh, tutoring anything, any creature when you have the mana, uh, when you get and you will get your mana, uh, is insane. Uh, because you play this card, which is a three one, go find your best card or one of your best cards, which I've done it so many times where I rock go into freelance muscle and I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Lagrella is is pretty awesome. I love I love like taking their creature and then like uh, tucking one of my uh, overseers because then mm-hmm. they have this really bad conundrum of like, yeah, I get my creature back, but uh, he gets a four three now that draws a card and gains a life flying. Yeah, it's dumb. So it's so funny how people just didn't understand that card. I remember at the prelease, I like explained to like three people like, no, this card's pretty absurd. You talk around something that isn't entirely relevant at the time underneath it. And then if they ever deal with it to get their thing back, they now have a much bigger deal that they have to deal with. The wording on it's just really terrible. So I just, yeah. <laughs> um, also corpse is very good. I think we've talked about cards. You want to talk about some strategy real quick, just like what you've been doing going into the draft or what your mindset's been other than five color, good stuff. Sure. Uh, usually like, I see what the rares are. I see what, like the fixings like, and, but also the removal. Uh, so that's just limited. Yeah. So very astute, um, high level thinking here from the Micah. Uh, but yeah, usually it's cause there's always, there's some kind of three color thing in the first pack that you look at. Like all I'll see. Okay. Which of the land enchanters are in the pack? How good does the rest of the pack seem like it's going to be in that family? Cause I'm not just strictly like, all right, I'm going into every single draft thinking five color good stuff. Sometimes it just happens that there's just an absurd value of fixing and um, the strong cards and all the colors. But yeah, so normally I see like, which of the land enchanters am I seeing? What uh, land fixing am I seeing? And then also just 
which colors are my getting removal in? I'll probably gravitate there because usually that I feel like that removal kind of dries up a bit faster than normally. And also like all this the the single pip removal. Like I like sleep with the fishes, but I feel like I'd rather have a the other tempo-y style blue interaction more just because it has single blue pips. So I like to see where I, or like what single pip cards are there. Like I love the pugilist, but also probably you can blitz it for the single red pip. So I like to see like what single pip things we got going on. But then I'll I, I try and decide whether or not I'm going five color good stuff like pack two. After I see the pack three rare, I was about to say pack two, but that'd be lying. Once I see the pack three rare, if it's not something I'm gonna go bananas for, and I feel like it would just be so strong in a vacuum that my win me a game, I'll probably stick to my family lane or splash. But yeah, so I, I just try and tank the uh, land enchanters relatively early on so I can stay relatively open in uh, fixing and then figure out where I'm going from there. So I have a little different strategy. Um, and I can't remember if I, I don't think I said this in the primer. Um, and I might, I don't, I don't know if I said anything about it last week, but what I've been telling people going into the draft, especially the new players that haven't been playing as long, um, this is how I kind of read the draft. I, you know, pack one, pick one. If I have something really nice and absurd, right, then I'll lean into it. And that's more of like the fun side of me, right? Where it's like, okay, I pulled up next list. So from here on out, I'm looking to, well, that's not really fair because it's only two colors. Um, I pull uh, the Falco Spara. And so from there, now I'm looking at, okay, what color is going to be my main color? And so I try to stick into one color. Um, and then I find the second color because usually something will be open. And then the third color is just a splash. So I'm really looking to open something nice have be base two colors by reading what the table is giving me and then have a splash if i don't get anything in that first pack then i'm you know gonna look for the most powerful card in the pack and i'll generally just do the same thing read the table but i'm trying to stay in one color and i feel like that's going to be kind of the key in the draft here because uh as i alluded to earlier when someone you know, and, you know, everyone's going to, you know, I, in fact, I don't think anyone other than that poor kid <laughs> is going to pick the meaning of the five or whatever, but people will open a really good rare mythic, right? And so the fixing is going to dry up a lot faster. And so the fixing is a high priority, but what helps you mitigate that, like your need for it is by staying in, in one to two colors, um, and I think that's going to be where most drafters are going to have to lean because people recognize a lot quicker, especially in juniors, uh, more so because I think, you know, the thing is when we share our information, people are starting to listen to us now. And so people really took our advice on the land enchanters being very high picks. Well, the problem is they're taking the high picks, right? And so there's they're not there anymore. So you have, when you adjust, right, the thing that's always nice about it is if you stay with that mindset of, monocolor um it'll it'll help your smooth out your draft a little bit more so i'm not saying that like going five colors is wrong like it, it probably is the strongest thing but it's gonna be the stars have to line up a lot more than you think they do i mean there'll be sometimes where you're just like oh like i got jewel thieves and i got you know 
X amount of the land enchanters and I got, you know, the, the dual lands or the, the uh, evolving wilds or whatever, and you can just do whatever you want. But I've already noticed that that's just not the case. Like I've had to really pick and choose my cards. And the more that I I'm evenly distributed in my colors, the worse the deck is not because of the power level, but because then I can't cast things. And so um, that's how I've approached it. And I know we'll probably have different views. Like, I don't know how your drafts have been on, on premiere or whatnot. Like if you've had read into those issues, but I have run into it sometimes where I'm having a harder time finding the, the, um, uh fixing on the wheel and it's really like okay i gotta pick this now because it's not coming back that kind of thing um i'm really finding this interesting because we kind of have differing opinions on this mm-hmm. like I, I will take uh a gain fetch mm-hmm. we need to come up with a better nickname for those i'll take one of those very highly okay especially like early on because i don't really like I, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, yeah, it's incredibly viable. And I, I understand why you do that. Uh, but the way I, I started operating whenever I've been drafting lately is see what viable fixing there is in draft relatively early on. Just because we talked about there's so many powerful cards that I feel like if I find my lane later on, late in pack one into pack two, um, then I'll find enough of the gas I don't support the deck. I don't know if so, and I may have worded it that way. I think that power level is higher, but I still don't think there are a abundance of powerful cards. And so, mm-hmm. my issue with going down that route is yes, you can play whatever you want, but sometimes the packs aren't there to give you what you want. Versus, I see the card and I see the signals that are coming, so I'm going to take those powerful cards. And then when the fixing, you know, and there's choices, right? Like sometimes like I'm choosing like w- one of the, which by the way, I, I think that the, oh, well, it's not like you disagree, but I'll ask you, do you think the game fetches are the stronger picks or the dual lands? Cause I think the, the game. Dual, oh, see, I think it's, a dual I think, well, I think they're, I think they're pretty much the same. I don't to me. I, I think, I think the okay. dual lands by far are, are the correct pick because the game fetches, give you one card access the duels not only fix you for two colors but then you cycle them later they draw you a card but that i mean that's at the end of the day like if all you are seeing are game fetches you're going to take them i just think that like in the same pack i'm going to choose the duel over the game fetch i think early on i would take the game just because it effectively hits three of the colors rather than two but i get what you're saying it's like like in game, the utility of being able to cycle these lands is so relevant. Well, like I feel like I've done it so much more than scrying with the campuses right. in um, Strixhaven. But you have to I remember just, with the with the game fetches, though, they touch. They don't. They don't actually hit because the duel is actually giving you access to two colors. The the. But I'm also valuing the single pip stuff so much. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just don't. I, I even think like like single pip is not really the issue it's like mm-hmm. there are just times where i need like you get to a point where in a world where you don't have the land enchanters and stuff right like i need to have a dual land way more often than not because of my single splash single pip card right where and if i have to choose 
where I have because you're going to end up with double pip. I mean, there's just like there's so many in there that that's about Bit. to happen. So <laughs> I think I think in most instances you're gonna you're gonna have a double pip or two, right? And so I just think that, or even even double spelling, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's single pip. Like if you double spell in white, but you you like have a blue access, but you have to touch green. Like you can't double spell now if if it's not a dual land, right? Because you know maybe your other color is just your splash, right? So. I, like I said, that, that's not the that's not the important part. The important part that that we were trying to hit on, or at least I was trying to hit on, was um, well, I just kind of forgot it. What were we talking about just before the lands? <laughs> oh, the, drafting the, philosophy. <laughs> yeah, the pro the approach like you're in the camp that you will see you will get all the colors first because you're going to just see something and get something really good. Well, um, no, I saw. The way I would say it is like obviously like we talked about like enchant- land enchanters are a high priority thing. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if there's not removal or um, like a jewel thief, or civil servant, something like that, that fits like relatively lowly on the curve. Mm-hmm. Granted, also for like civil servant, it also depends what um, what the first couple picks were right. probably. Um. I will take a land over pretty much everything else. That that's fair. Uh, let's put it this way. Let me let me look at this deck. Let me look at this deck real quick because I want to mm-hmm. see. Now, when you say removal, are you talking spell or creature removal? Because that is a big difference in this format, and there's a reason for there's a reason for it. But or, so, let me ask you this: How how high do you value combat tricks? Uh, not particularly highly for me, no. So I, I, maybe that's not the right way of asking. Do you see combat tricks as removal in this format? Yes, especially the stupid equipment thing. Are they interchangeable? So I'll give you an example. Uh, I won't use majestic metamorphosis because that's slanted bias here, but luxurious libation over hold for ransom and you're in a deck that is already i mean excuse the answer here but okay without anything around it libation ransom it's libation oh there it is yeah okay now i know the x in a green Hmm. you do xx and you make a and you make a citizen i'd probably take the ransom first okay i'm all libation because I, I think, oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, obviously, because I, I set it up that way. But the 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 reasoning behind that is because, um, to me, the tricks are interchangeable removal. Like I still think you need a piece of mostly unconditional removal, which is what hold for ransom is. I mean, at seven mana, like it, it slows the game. It gives you enough time to deal with the creature or or get back in check, right? But I think libation's better because instant speed the xx is highly relevant like this card is not only removal it's also a finisher like i've finished mm-hmm. my opponents with x damage and it makes a body that happens to be a citizen right and so like now if i move over to something like um the uh what what is it one in a block and it, it like gives a creature let's give it a lifelink or something and then when it dies it returns it Oh, the 
Oh my gosh. Uh, just give me a second. I, uh, fake your own death. Yeah. Plus two plus O makes a treasure. Yeah. That one, no that one might still take ransom over it. But if I didn't end up with any removal, I'm happy taking that as my pseudo removal. That one's also kind of a bad one because my opinion of prize fight has gone down quite a bit because of the creature Same. being so small. Uh, the treasure is still relevant, but the creatures are small. But my point is, if it adds damage and it's going to win your combat, I don't think the removal has been as important. Um, my deck from well, I got two one. Um, I guess you could make an argument that the reason why I lost is lack of removal, but I just think that if I was one for one against creatures, I would have lost anyway because I had so many of the um, angels that lock something down and I always had a counter to lock them down. That essentially is like enough time for removal and he still just had things to like get through, right? So I don't know. I, I, I think our I think our opinions of the format are very different. I think the more games that we play, we'll probably come somewhere in the middle, but I'm just kind of like at the point where the power level's higher, but I still want to be the one holding the higher power level because it's that much drastic. So I'm not valuing removal as high. Like maybe early on, if there's nothing in the pack, right, I'm going to take the removal, but it's not like I'm going to take murder over freelance muscle, which I've seen happen yeah. quite a bit, or I'm not going to take murder over inspiring overseer, you know, things like that. Like I'm just like, it's not that high for me. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go through it and give you the ones that, that I prioritize. Uh, Bouncer's Beatdown. Which one's, sorry, Bouncer's Beatdown. Is That's the two in the green, costs two less if it targets a black permanent. Oh, yeah. And it's it's not a targeted punch. It's just whatever the greatest power is deals that much damage. Right. And also exiles mm -hmm. for some reason. It's pretty good, um, actually, when exiles. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty relevant. Um, Calling a professional. Uh-huh. Strangle. Maybe Torch Breath. I'm honestly not as high on Murder. I feel like two Black Pips for me is quite a bit. But uh, <laughs> whereas I still think it's the best removal, and I mean, I, I still think it is. Uh, but or because it, it, there's just something to be said: destroy anything. Right. Um, well, I just mean like, so my, my opinion, I haven't made my opinion on how strong black is. And so, because I'm not like, I want to stay away from black. Like if I was in the, in the mindset that I would stay away from black, then murder would come way down. But I, I think black is very playable. I just haven't played enough of it. So I think murder, even at the dual pip for the reason you just said, destroy anything is like going to be the best thing, but sorry. But I like, I mean, like going into a set, if I see murder in a pack, it's like, oh, heck yeah, scoop it up. Now I'm just a little bit more hesitant. Sure. Like if if I saw murder and like the the inspiring overseer, like you said, I take overseer over murder. Yeah, overseer is the best. It's the best it's a, overseer is just literally absurd. Yeah. Um, I'm a I've become such a huge fan of the blue tempo cards. Like out of the way, it's just so fun to me. Oh yeah, it's great. Rooftop nuisance. Yeah, and one that, to to lunar rejection, like it's basically what it yes. is a lot of times. Yeah. Well, it's like it's blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better or, uh, it's like two mana a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, it's like ha, your you your blink of an eye costs four mana to do this. This one only costs two because everything's three color. It's just it's oh, yeah, it's so good. I'm also a big fan of run out of the town. Yeah. Although I, uh, I probably take a bit of fixing over the first run out of the town. Um, I would too. And then why? Them so often. That's why. Mm -hmm. 
And then why? I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on kill shot. Really? I, I think. I, I think. I'm, like, I, I'm not saying like I think it sucks, but I just. I feel like there's a bunch of cards I would take over it. And because when, whenever I, I'm just trying to like defend myself a little bit when I said like removal or whatever. Sure. Over this thing, like kill shots, not a, like I would take a hold for ransom over kill shot. It, where it's funny because it seems like I'm gravitating more towards the removal. But again, my point is like the removal is so interchangeable. The creatures are higher power mm-hmm. level. And when you get things like Lagrella where it is removal on a stick, like I, I, would, I would be happy. He like, which in this deck I'm looking at right now, like my pieces of removal, not counting um, combat tricks are hold for ransom. This is my seven win hold for ransom, kill shots. And if you want to run out of town as, as a tempo card, but I'll consider removal here. Those are my three uh, removal spells. Now, if I count luxurious libation, most wanted majestic metamorphosis. And I think that is it. Then I have six pieces of removal. Um, and, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like the removal just isn't as high for me because like the creatures, like, I mean, to be fair in this deck, I had, uh, Workshop Warchief, which is the three, which is a five mana, five, three. So three green, green for the Rhino Warrior that uh, when he ETBs, you gain three life. When it dies, you make a four, four Rhino as trample and you can blitz it. Like that card is really, really strong. But uh, the rest of the cards like Freelance. Oh, well, I mean, this deck was actually done because it's the one that had the four overseers. But my point is like, it's so interchangeable. And I was mostly in two colors that like double pips didn't mind. Like it wouldn't matter to me and whatnot but anyways we're kind of going in circles here but um Uh no i i think you're right i think i think like if you're in the position that you seem to have been in where you get the chance to to go for five color and again you're prioritizing it that way right like you're taking the five color i've done it twice (laughs) okay well either way like you're rolling the dice i feel like heavy and to some degree it sounds like it's paid off in some ways whereas me i'm like take the best card still and then the fix will take the best cards why i'm doing it <laughs> no but I, I but i but but going back to what you were saying right like if you don't have the best card i mean so if is the best card murders oh yeah fine i'll put put murder against your best color fixing whether it's not jewel thief because jewel thief is runner-up for best common but if it was land enchanter or dual land, like, are you? What are you taking out of that? Murder land enchanter, dual land. Yeah, yeah, just like so the, the best. Yeah, best I take the land enchanter. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you're still going. Your mindset is still going to be in the land enchanter, whereas I'm going to take murder because it's the best card, right? Unless it's spar adjudicators, I think that's the best three color one. But yeah, when I have five land enchanters, you can't murder them. Well, maybe you draft five murders. Um, I like the whole like saturation of threats deal. Yeah, which true. is pretty easy to do in this format. Very. All right. Um, I feel like we touched on quite a bit. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about today? No, because I'm about to get ready for basketball, so I'll just move into uh, quick picks. I only have one today, so it's been a little while. Sorry, y'all. Uh, but I'm done with school now. So hopefully you'll be getting some more quick picks because I will be paying attention to the markets. I will just make some honorable mentions. 
I uh, did have these cards last week in my mind, but I did not put them on there uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, I just want to let you know that I should have told y'all to get uh, the Gilded Foil Ginny uh, Phase when they were $12. They're already at 20 There's only like eight listings. And I really, really should have told you to get the... Uh, oh God, I got to find it again now. Uh, I will find it. But it's basically from the Commander deck. Um, it's the, uh, there is grand crescendo. I really feel stupid about this, especially since I had one, uh, in my, uh, my, uh, cart for alpha strike when it was like five bucks and now it's like already 18, 20 bucks. So, uh, sorry about that. But, uh, this week I have a card that isn't going to make as much money, but whatever, uh, I like it anyway, it's broker's ascendancy. It's the guild of foil, um, currently $10. I expect it to go up to $20 in a year. Um, this goes in every Atraxa deck. It's a very high rarity. There are a decent amount of listings right now, like 70. But the thing is, I don't think they're going to refill as hard. Um, Guild of Foils are not easy to get. Um, if I remember correctly, someone said it's like one in 60 packs or it might be even more. It actually might be a lot more. It might be one in like a hundred packs for any particular rare and the mythics are a lot higher. So my point is this card is really hard to get. Um, I normally would say that three colors uh, cards really don't make you a lot of money um, or gain that much in value, but this one's going to, it's in the most beloved commander there is. So um, if you want your own copy, I suggest you get it. I'm going to get mine for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's my only quick pick today. Um, as always, we encourage you to come uh, support your local game stores, especially ours at Junior's uh, Cards and Comics, located in Matchback and Slaughter. If you want to draft with us, I'll be there this Friday after we get back from out of town. Uh, so will Michael, I think. I think I've dragged him. I think I've convinced Deserve. him. Thumbs up from him. So, uh, yeah, come hang out with us. Um, and then uh, if you're in Bastrop, again, their communities continue to build out there at Force of World Gaming. Um, if you need cards, make sure you buy them because obviously people buy them quick at Alpha Strike Gaming where they will deliver to you. So those are my quick picks. Those are our shout outs. Micah, take us home. Um, real quick. Um, oh, sorry. Even though I'm 0 for 1 on mine, I'm going to make my own call. Mm -hmm. um, extraction Specialist. It's less than a can of cola right now. And I feel like it's going to be uh, multiple of times six value times eight value or something like that. Um, it within, within 10 years, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it mild within 10 years. Uh, Kosa seems to be typing. So he's going to, he's going to keep me honest on this. But yes. Uh, extraction specialist um, to be uh, exponentially more valuable within 10 years is the mic is call. I would assume we're talking about the EA copies at least all of them. But yes, EAs especially because okay. they're all pretty much the same right now. <laughs> Yeah, definitely want the EAs if you're gonna pick up this card. So, all right, they're all like fifty cents. I feel like this card is gonna, this card's gonna blow up. Is, he, is it is it fifty cents even for the EA foil? Here, uh, I don't know. All right, here you can do your sign off and then just add me in here at the end here. <laughs> all right. So, what did you think about what we talked about today? Uh, have you been enjoying Streets of New Capenna? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. If you would please subscribe to the podcast, rate and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, we'd appreciate it. Um, 
but yeah, so right now I'm just vamping for time as Kosa finishes up finding this. Yes. And so uh, follow me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash I am Micah. I, I have future. officially put on the list here that you are calling the EA foils at 50 cents to go to $5 within, I'll give you 10 years. Year, I'll give you a year plus. No, we ain't doing that. Okay. <laughs> a year plus. All right. Man, this the card's going to be taking. The cars gonna be taking over vintage in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good one. Y'all have a great one.